Today is Tuesday, July 26th. The title for our devotional is Christ's Gifts. Let's begin today by reading Ephesians 4, 7 through 12. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that it also that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service. Verse 7 here sets the stage for where Paul is going in the rest of the section. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. He then quotes Psalm 68:18, referring to Christ typologically as the fulfillment of that passage. Christ is depicted as the one who has conquered evil and now creation is under his authority. Christ as the victor, like a conquering king returning from war with spoils, comes with gifts for his people. Verses 9 and 10 are a bit of an aside that, as your Bible likely indicates, by putting it in parentheses. And if we were to go down this, it would be quite the rabbit trail of interpretation that may cause us to miss the main point. Most likely, it is referring to Jesus' ascension to the Father in glory and his previous descent to the earth in the incarnation and his death and burial in the tomb. That'll suffice for now. Then in verse 11, he picks up the theme of Christ the victor again. In his victory, he gives gifts to his saints or holy ones, the literal translation of his people in verse 12. He will talk, we'll talk more about this next week, but here in verse 7, we learn that Christ has given all his people grace as he apportioned it. Next week, again, we'll talk about spiritual gifts and begin talking about that for the rest of this campaign. In verse 11, however, he focuses in on a few of the teaching gifts that Christ gives for the edification of the church. This is largely because this focus on the teaching gifts is largely because the Ephesians were being deceived by false teachers. As to the unity of the Jews and Gentiles and the people of God, the place of the Old Testament law that formerly would have created uh, divisions and disunity between the Jews and Gentiles and the people of God. The true nature and the implications of the gospel is what Paul is saying here, that these are intrinsic to the gospel. Therefore, Paul focuses on the teaching gifts and how important they are for the church in Ephesus. There are more, which again, we'll talk about in the coming weeks. The gifts he mentions are apostles, prophets, evangelists, and pastors, teachers. There's much debate around the apostles and prophets mentioned here. Is he talking about the original apostles of the first century and the prophets of the Old Testament, like Isaiah and Jeremiah? Or is he talking about the New Testament gifts of the Holy Spirit? Given the context we just discussed in verses 7 and verse 16 especially, which we'll see in the coming days, I think the latter is the best answer. He's talking about those who have been given an apostolic gift and a prophetic gift in the New Testament church, because these are, again, gifts that Christ has apportioned. The apostolic gift we would think of as uh, kind of like a church planter, uh, someone who is sent to share the gospel in a new community, and it usually involves starting a new church. The prophetic gift is those who are often given a special word from God for either an individual or the church as a whole. Both are to be in operation within the church, I believe, today. Evangelists are those who have a passion for sharing the good news of the gospel with those who do not yet know Jesus. 
We would think of them today as missionaries or even local people in the church who love to lead new people to Christ. And they, they find success in that and they find that that fills them. Grammatically, the pastor-teacher is viewed as one gift. This gift is what we would think of as a pastor today. Their role is one of shepherding and teaching the saints within a local community of faith. The purpose of these gifts that Christ has given is, quote, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, as the ESV translates. Equip is a rare word that refers to a doctor setting a joint into place so that it can function properly. This implies the teacher's job is to properly teach the gospel so the believers can be properly aligned to do the work of ministry. This clause, uh, followed by the next three clauses, they all build on each other. So what Paul is saying here is that Christ gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, teachers, to equip the church or the saints, the people of God within the church, to do the work of ministry. And then he'll articulate a little bit more what this looks like in the next few clauses. But for today, suffice it to say, that our, our main idea is that Christ has given the leaders of the church those gifts of uh, uh, the apostolic, prophetic, evangelistic, and pastoral and teaching gifts to equip the saints to do the work of ministry. Not necessarily to do all of the work of ministry themselves, but to equip the church and the believers within the church to do the work of ministry. So for today, I invite you to just reflect on that. Reflect on your view of church. Is it a pastor-leader-centric view of the church? Do you perceive of the work of ministry being the job of only pastors or full-time ministers in the church? Or do you perceive of ministry being your job as well? It's a both and, as Paul describes here. Today, take some time to reflect on your understanding of the church's structure. Be sure you're thinking of the church the way Paul describes it. It is the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastor, teacher job to equip you and the rest of the saints for the work of ministry.